Chapter Thirteen of Joshua by George Ebers. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirteen. Aaron and Eleazar, with fiery eloquence, had reminded the murmuring, disheartened people of the power and promises of their God. Whoever had stretched his limbs undisturbed to comfortable rest, whoever had been strengthened by food and drink regained the confidence that had been lost. The liberated bondmen were told of the hard labor and dishonoring blows which they had escaped, and admonished that they must recognize as God's dispensation, among other things, that Pharaoh had not pursued them. But the rich booty still found in the plunder storehouse had no small share in the revival of their drooping courage, and the bondmen and lepers, for many of the latter had accompanied them and rested outside the camp, in short, all for whose support Pharaoh had provided, saw themselves safe for a long time from care and privation. Yet there was no lack of malcontents, and here and there, though no one knew who instigated the question, loud discussion arose whether it would not be more advisable to return to Pharaoh and rely on his favor. Whoever raised it did the work secretly, and was often compelled to submit to sharp, threatening retorts miriam had talked with her brothers and shared the heavy anxieties that oppressed them why had the desert winds so speedily destroyed the courage of the people during their brief pilgrimage how impatient how weak in faith how rebellious they had showed themselves at the first obstacle they had encountered how uncontrollable they had been in following their fierce impulses when summoned to prayer just before sunrise during their journey some had turned toward the day star rising in the east others had taken out a small idol they had brought with them and others still had uplifted their eyes to the nile acacia which in some provinces of egypt was regarded as a sacred tree what did they know of the god who had commanded them to cast so much behind them and take upon themselves such heavy burdens even now many were despairing though they had confronted no serious dangers for Moses had intended to lead the Hebrews in Sukkoth over the road to Philistia, direct to the promised land in Palestine, but the conduct of the people forced him to resign this plan and form another. To reach the great highway connecting Asia and Africa, it was necessary to cross the Isthmus, which rather divided than united the two continents, for it was most thoroughly guarded from intruders, and partially by natural, partially by artificial obstacles, barred the path of every fugitive a series of deep lakes rolled their ways upon its soil and where these did not stay the march of the travellers strong fortifications garrisoned by trained egyptian troops rose before them this chain of forts was called chetum or in the hebrew tongue etham and wayfarers leaving sukkoth would reach the nearest and strongest of these forts in a few hours when the tribes full of enthusiasm for their god and ready for the most arduous enterprises shook off their chains and exulting in their new liberty rushed forward to the promised land moses and with him the majority of the elders had believed that like a mountain torrent bursting dams and sluices they would destroy and overthrow everything that ventured to oppose their progress with these enthusiastic masses to whom bold advance would secure the highest good and timid hesitation could bring nothing save death and ruin they had expected to rush over the etham line 
as if it were a pile of faggots but now since a short chain of difficulties and suffering had stifled the fire of their souls now that wherever the eye turned there were two calm and five dissatisfied or anxious individuals to one upheld by joyous anticipation to storm the etham line would have cost rivers of blood and moreover jeopardize all that had been already gained the overpowering of the little garrison in the storehouse of pitham had occurred under specially favorable circumstances which could hardly be expected to happen again so the original plan must be changed and an attempt made to take a circuit around the fortifications instead of moving toward the northeast the tribes must turn southward but ere carrying this plan into execution moses accompanied by a few trusty men desired to examine the new route and ascertain whether it would be passable for the great wandering people these matters were discussed under the great sycamore in front of aminadab's house and miriam was present a mute witness women even those like herself were forced to keep silence when men were holding counsel yet it was hard for her to remain speechless when it was decided to abstain from attacking the forts even should the trained warrior hosea whom god himself had chosen to be his sword return to his people what avails the best leader if there is no army to obey him nashon aminadab's son had exclaimed and the others shared his opinion when the council finally broke up moses took leave of his sister with fraternal affection she knew that he was in the act of plunging into fresh dangers and in the modest manner in which she had always wont to accost the brother who so far surpassed all others in every gift of mind and body expressed her anxiety he looked into her eyes with friendly reproach and raised his right hand toward heaven but she understood his meaning and kissing his hand with grateful warmth replied you stand under the protection of the most high and i fear no longer pressing his lips upon her brow he bade her give him a tablet wrote a few words on it flung it into the hollow trunk of the sycamore and said for hosea no for joshua the son of nun if he comes while i am absent the lord has great deeds for him to accomplish when he learns to expect loftier things from the most high than from the mighty ones of earth with these words he left her but aaron who as the oldest was the head of her tribe lingered and told her that a man of worth sought her hand miriam with blanching face replied i know it he looked at her in surprise and with earnest monition added as you choose yet it will be wise to consider this your heart belongs to your god and to your people and the man whom you wed must be ready like yourself to serve both for two must be one in marriage and if the highest aim of one is not also that of the other they will remain two till the end the voice of the senses which drew them together will soon be mute and nothing will be left to them save discord having said this he went away and she too was preparing to leave the others for on the eve of departure she might be needed in the house whose hospitality she enjoyed but a new incident detained her as though bound with fetters under the sycamore what cared she for the packing of perishable wares and providing for bodily needs when affairs which occupied her whole soul were under discussion elisheba nashon's wife any housekeeper and faithful slave could attend to the former wants 
Higher things were to be determined here, the weal or woe of her people. Several men of distinction in the tribes had joined the elders under the sycamore, but her had already departed with Moses. Uri, the son of the former, now appeared beneath the ancient tree. The worker in metals, who had just come from Egypt, had talked in Memphis with persons who were near to the king, and learned that Pharaoh was ready to remove great burdens from the Hebrews and grant them new favors, if Moses would render the God whom he served propitious to him and induce the people to return after they had offered sacrifices in the wilderness. Therefore it would be advisable to send envoys to Tanis and enter into negotiations with the sublime port. These proposals, which Uri had not yet ventured to moot to his father, he, with good intentions, brought before the assembled elders. He hoped that their acceptance might spare the people great suffering. But scarcely had he concluded his clear and convincing speech, when old Nun, Hosea's father, who had with difficulty held his feelings in check, broke in. The old man's face, usually so cheerful, glowed with wrath, and its fiery hue formed a strange contrast to the thick white locks which framed it. A few hours before, he had heard Moses repel similar propositions, with harsh decision and crushing reasons. Now he had heard them again brought forward, and noted many a gesture of assent among the listeners, and saw the whole great enterprise imperiled. The enterprise, for whose success he had himself risked and sacrificed more than any other man. This was too much for the active old man who, with flashing eyes and hand upraised in menace, burst forth. What do you mean? Are we to pick up the ends of the rope the Lord our God has severed? Do you counsel us to fasten it anew, with a looser knot, which will hold as long as the whim of a vacillating weakling, who has broken his promises to us and to Moses, a score of times? Do you wish to lead us back to the cage whence the Almighty released us by a miracle? Are we to treat the Lord our God like a bad debtor, and prefer the spurious gold ring we are offered to the royal treasures he promises? Oh, messenger from the Egyptians, I would... Here the hot-blooded gray beard raised his clenched fist in menace, but ere he had uttered the threat that hovered on his lips, he let his arm fall. For Gabriel, the oldest member of the tribe of Zebulun, shouted, Remember your own son, who is today among the foes of his people. The words struck home, yet they only dimmed the fiery old man's glad self-reliance a moment, and, amid the voices uttering disapproval of the malicious Gabriel, and the few who upheld the Zebulunite, he cried, And because I am perhaps in danger of losing, not only the ten thousand acres of land I flung behind me, but a noble son, it is my right to speak here. His broad chest heaved with a labored breathing, and his eyes, shadowed by thick white brows, rested with a milder expression on the son of her, whose face had paled at his vehement words, as he continued. Yuri is a good and dutiful son to his father, and has also been obliged to make great sacrifices in leaving the place where his work was so much praised in his own house in Memphis. The blessing of the Most High will not fail him, but for the very reason that he has hitherto obeyed the command, he must not now seek to destroy what we have commenced under the guidance of the Most High. To you, Gabriel, I answer that my son probably will not tarry among our foes, 
but obedient to my summons, will join us, like Yuri, the firstborn of her. What still detains him is doubtless some important matter, of which Hosea will have as little cause to be ashamed as I, his father. I know and trust him, and whoever expects aught else will sooner or later, by my son's course of action, be proved a liar. Here he paused to push his white hair back from his burning brow, and, as no one contradicted him, he turned to the worker in metals and added with cordial friendliness, What angered me, Yuri, was certainly not your purpose. That is a good one. But you have measured the greatness and majesty of the God of our fathers by the standard of the false gods of the Egyptians, who die and rise again, and, as Aaron has just said, represent only minor attributes of him who is in all and transcends everything. To serve God, until Moses taught me a better counsel, I deemed meant to sacrifice an ox, a lamb, or a goose upon the altar like the Egyptians. But your eyes, as befell me through Moses, will not be open to him who rules the world and has made us his people, until, like me, you and all of us, and probably my son also, shall have each kindled in his own breast the sacrificial fire which never goes out and consumes everything that does not relate to him in love and loyalty, faith and reverence. Through Moses, his servant, God has promised us the greatest blessings, deliverance from bondage, the privilege of ruling on our own land as free men in a beautiful country, our own possession and the heritage of our children. We are going forth to receive his gift, and whoever seeks to stop us on our way, whoever urges us to turn and creep back into the net, whose brazen meshes we have burst, advises his people to run once more like sheep into the fire, from which they have escaped. I am not angry with you. Your face shows that you perceive how foolishly you have erred. But all ye who are here must know that I heard only a few hours ago, from Moses' own lips, these words. Whoever counsels return and the making of covenants with the Egyptians, I will denounce as a scorner of Jehovah our God, and the destroyer and worst foe of his people. Yuri went to the old man, gave him his hand, and deeply convinced of the justice of his reproaches, exclaimed, No treaty, no covenant with the Egyptians. I am grateful to you, nun, for opening my eyes. To me also, the hour will doubtless come in which you, or someone who stands nearer to him than I, will teach me to know your God, who is also my own. As he ceased speaking, he went away from Nun, who put his arm around his shoulders. But Miriam had listened breathlessly to Yuri's last words, and as he expressed a desire to know the God of his people, her eyes had sparkled with the light of enthusiasm. She felt that her soul was filled with the greatness of the Most High, and that she had the gift of speech to make another familiar with the knowledge she herself possessed. But this time also custom required her to keep silence. Her heart ached, and as she again moved among the multitude, and convinced herself that Hosea had not yet come, she went home, as twilight was beginning to gather, and joined the others on the roof. No one there appeared to have missed her, not even poor melancholy Milka, and she felt unutterably lonely in this house. If Hosea would only come, if she might have a strong breast on which to lean, 
if this sense of being a stranger in her own house this useless life beneath the roof she was obliged to call hers though she never felt thoroughly at home under it would but cease moses and aaron too had gone away taking hers grandson with them but no one had deemed her who lived and breathed solely for her people and their welfare worthy to learn whither their journey led or what was its purpose why had the god to whom she devoted her whole life and being made her a woman yet given her the mind and soul of a man she waited as if to test whether any of the circle of kindly natured people to which she belonged really loved her for some one of the elders or the children to accost her but eleazar's little ones were pressing around their grandparents and she had never understood how to make herself agreeable to children elisheba was directing the slaves who were putting the finishing touches to the packing milka sat with her cat in her lap gazing into vacancy no one heeded or spoke to her bitter pain overpowered miriam and after she had shared the evening meal with the others and forced herself not to disturb by her own sorrowful mood the joyous excitement of the children who looked forward to the pilgrimage as a great pleasure she longed to go out of doors closely veiled she passed alone through the camp and what she beheld there was certainly ill-suited to dispel the mood that oppressed her there was plenty of noise and though sometimes devout hymns full of joy and hope echoed on the air she heard far more frequently savage quarrelling and rebellious words when her ear caught threats or reproaches levelled against her noble brother she quickened her pace but she could not escape her anxiety concerning what would happen at the departure after sunrise on the morrow should the malcontents obtain supremacy she knew that the people would be forced to press forward but her dread of pharaoh's military power had never permitted her to be at peace to her it was as it were embodied in hosea's heroic figure if the lord himself did not fight in the ranks of the wretched bondmen and shepherds who were quarrelling and disputing around her how were they to withstand the well-trained and equipped hosts of the egyptians with their horses and chariots she had heard that guards had been posted in all parts of the camp with orders to sound the horn or strike the cymbal at the approach of the foe until the men had flocked to the spot whence the warning first echoed she had long listened for such an alarm yet how much more intently for the hoof-beats of a single steed the firm step and deep voice of the warrior for whom she yearned on his account she constantly returned to the northern part of the camp which adjoined the road coming from tanis and where now at moses's bidding the tents of most of the men capable of bearing arms were pitched here she had hoped to find true confidence but as she listened to the talk of the armed soldiers who surrounded the campfires in dense circles she heard that yuri's proposal had reached them also most of them were husbands and fathers had left behind a house a bit of land a business or an office and though many spoke of the command of the most high and the beautiful new home god had promised not a few were disposed to return how gladly she would have gone among these blinded mortals and exhorted them to obey with fresh faith and confidence the command of the lord and of her brother but here too she was forced to keep silence she was permitted to listen only and she was most strongly attracted to the very places where she might expect to hear rebellious words and proposals 
there was a mysterious charm in this cruel excitement and she felt as if she were deprived of something desirable when many a fire was extinguished the soldiers went to sleep and conversation ceased she now turned for the last time toward the road leading from tanis but nothing was stirring there save the sentries pacing to and fro she had not yet doubted hosea's coming for the summons she had sent to him in the name of the lord had undoubtedly reached him but now that the stars showed her it was past midnight the thought came vividly before her mind of the many years he had spent among the egyptians and that he might perhaps deem it unworthy of a man to obey the call of a woman even if she uplifted her voice in the name of the most high she had experienced humiliations enough that day why should not this be decreed also End of chapter 13